if you can get a repeatable relationship with any of these team members, it's easier than trying to find someone new all the time, isn't it? Let the people do their job to help you through the deal and you then progress to the next thing that you need to do. Everybody brings something new to the table in development. Hello and welcome to the Property Developer Secrets podcast with me, Andy Cook, and me, Lloyd Girardi. Awesome. So uh, this is the next episode that we are going to cover developments and who you need around you, what professionals, what team members, and you know also how you deal with those team members. And we're going to talk about it in terms of an orchestra, aren't we, Lloyd? We are. So the phrase we use, and basically, in essence, to become a developer, a successful developer, you're not going to be doing all the work yourself. So this is about being the conductor of the orchestra. So your orchestra are your builder, your solicitor, your conveyancer, your architect, your planning consultant, your mentor, your business partner, all those people around you are doing their job and their, what their expertise is to help you deliver the development. So you are the conductor orchestrating all those people together. The development is the final symphony, isn't it? It's the show. Oh, I love that. It's brilliant. Oh, eh? I love that, the symphony. Yeah. Oh, so, but you don't need to play, to, to get to that point. You don't need to be able to play every instrument is the point, isn't it? You need someone who does. Somebody has to be an expert at every in instrument. But nobody is the expert at all of them. You are the conductor. You are the project manager. You are the person who is guiding all of that and making sure you've got someone in each seat and making sure they know when to play their part. And then the final result is the culmination of all of that put together. Yeah, like take a, an architect, for example. They actually study to become an architect longer than a doctor studies to become a doctor. So like, if that architect took seven and a half years to become an architect and then suddenly they wanted to uh, learn law and then they suddenly want to start looking at building and they try to do everything all at once, they're never going to do it. So you've got to utilise the people at their job and what they're good at. So let's list a few of the mentors, not mentors, sorry, the um, power team members you need. And obviously mentors is one of them, but let's list some of the power team and professionals you need in a development. Well, I'm not being funny. I think you already did it. But we'll take our time and go through them again yeah. in a different way. So um, first of all, uh, we've got to find a deal. So to find a deal, you're probably going to have, what, like estate agents, commercial agents. You're going to have that team around you who are site finding. There might be sources, might they? Yeah, absolutely. So again, agents are part of the team because, yeah, people are approaching them to sell the site and they want to then approach you to buy the site. So building up a relationship with The point uh, being agent. is if you can... If you can get a repeatable relationship with any of these team members, it's easier than trying to find someone new all the time, isn't it? So we're yeah. trying to find people, we're trying to put a team together who we, it's like cookie cutter, we can, hey, see that what cookie I did there? Cutter. Andy cookie cutter. <laughs> um, so we can, yeah, we can repeat it and, and have less effort each time we go through it because we've got them all, everyone knows what their place is in the team. If you have to replace it every time, you're always finding your feet and finding your way. So the next people we need, we find a site, then we're probably going to need a solicitor, aren't we? Because, yeah. you know, we've got to buy that site. And actually, when you think on any one transaction, people underestimate how many times you're going to use a solicitor. You know, they're, you know, they're in the purchase. Uh, you're going to have to get a loan agreement. If you're going to get private money, you're going to have to get uh, development funds. You're going to need a solicitor for that. Personal guarantee documents, loan agreement documents, yeah. joint venture documents, shareholder documents. But then, Before that, they might even look at auction packs, so they'll go through your auction pack with you. Yeah, of course. But then, you know, uh, um, we're going to also need to get to the end of the development. We're either going to sell it, so they're going to have to Tartan control splitting. that. 
um, or we're going to refinance it to keep it. So, you know, in any one deal, you're literally using your solicitor at least four or five times, possibly even more. And I think that on that instance as well, like the solicitor, the conveyancer is from a legal point of view, like if you're trying to do their job for them, you, you won't do it properly. They'll be telling you what you need to do. So they'll give you a list of stuff that you need to fill out, like the forms you need to fill out, um, all sorts. There's, like, even the forms that come to my head is a DS3 form, a TP1 form. Like If you don't know what that is, your solicitor does. That's what they're there to tell you what to do. So it's a bit of a checklist as well. Look, you throwing um, little forms out everywhere, yeah. Um, but the point is, is that you don't need to know the specifics for everything, but you kind of need to know what they're trying to achieve because if they're not doing their job, if they're not doing the, the right forms or they haven't got the right expertise, you kind of need to know so as you can prompt it. You don't need to be a perfect at it, but you just need to understand the process. So after we're done solicitor then, uh, we're going to need to probably get... Well, it's either going to have planning, the deal you get, or it's going to need planning. So there's probably going to be a planning consultant or and or an architect, isn't there? Yeah, I'd, I'd say and an architect as well. Um, I suppose if it's got planning, you, you might not necessarily need to engage a planning consultant because the architect might just take it on then if you're satisfied with the plans. If you want to change the plans, then yes, you would get a, a planning consultant in. So look, we we've, we use both of them. Um, a planning consultant is great at the national policy and what planning is is desired for the uk whereas an architect like some architects are great at planning but a lot of architects are there to give you the structure of design um part of the cdm is they're going to be part of the consultancy of that as well yep um so we get through that part of it and we're going to get on site so the next big part we're going to have is someone who's going to do the development obviously we're we're the it's development is the strategy so there is going to be a building or a plot of land there's going to be some kind of added value there so there's going to be a build team now build team can be done in a couple of different ways you can have a main contractor so you could be the main contractor if it's what you do if it's not you're probably going to get someone in to do that obviously the main contractor will take it on and do it themselves. There's a whole lot of complexities. There's a lot of pros and cons around that itself. Or you can do it more what we'll call the self-build route where you perhaps get, you might project manage it yourself or you might get a single project manager in and then get individual trades. So, you know, separate electrician, separate plumber, separate, separate carpenter and all that kind of thing. Again, there's a lot of pros and cons for both ways, financially as well as control, as well as risk and all those things. But yeah, we're definitely going to need that element, aren't we, Lloyd? Yeah, like you say, the subbies um, are another power team underneath the contractor as well. So the, the contractor, he said they've got their own power team as well. Like you say, electricians, plumber, roofer, carpenter, groundsman. Like there's so many different trades as well within a development. So um, yeah, construction firm, build firm. Um, I suppose alongside all of this as well is an accountant. So your accountant might be there at the beginning to help you set up that property development deal and the structure of it because we're going to be building in a limited company. So yeah, certainly your accountant will be there from the start all the way through to the end. Um, when you're on site as well, you might need, well, basically on site and before site, you might need a mentor. You might need someone to help you guide you through that first site, especially if it's your first or your second development you've ever done. Um, certainly that's how we help people through the developments as well. Um, you might need uh, towards the end, I suppose you're going to need an agent again. So that relationship at the beginning, you might need an agent at the end to help you sell the site um, or refinance, or not refinance, sorry, um, or to rent it out, to let it. But on the refinance side, you're going to need a broker as well, aren't you? 
Yeah, there's a couple of sets of brokers actually. So we use um, an insurance broker throughout the build. You know, when even when you buy the building or buy a plot of land, you need to get builders insurance or land insurance. Um, and then as you go through it, there's lots of different insurances. So we use a broker because they're the experts at that. And with development finance or the finance products that you're going to use throughout it, we use a broker to set us up with a right. Um, the right relationship with a lender really because there's lots of different lenders out there and I don't think people realize that you know lenders are a business just like anybody else uh, their business is to get money out and and they need to be different there's lots of lenders out there there's first tier lenders you know your banks and all that kind of stuff your high street banks but you've got second third fourth tier lenders and they all bring something different to the market some will be more aggressive um, who they'll lend to but they'll have a higher rate to compensate for that some will specialize you know you've got a high street banks they will only lend to very experienced developers there'll be a uh, a lower sort of rate if you like a return rate um, or interest rate but you know they're going to only lend to people who have got massive track record you know the safest of bets if you like and then there'll be people at the other end of the scale where they'll lend to you know people with credit history they'll or adverse credit history they'll lend to people who are first-time developers but they're their risk is very different, so obviously their compensation will be different. So there's someone someone trying to add something different, have a different USP, a unique selling point to the market. They're all coming at different angles, and they change all the time, don't they? Yeah. So you know we have a broker there to fit us and to fit our students with the right partnership with a lender because that's what they do every day. They keep an eye on the market. They see who's undercutting who, see who's trying to win business from somebody else. And, you know, if you just stuck with one lender all the way through all your developments all your life, you know, you'd be leaving so much on the table, wouldn't you? Yeah, and also don't try and go to every lender and do yourself. Like, don't try and do the broker's job because you'll be focusing on trying to refinance your development by speaking to every single broker and trying to understand who's going to lend to you when you could be looking for your next site. So mm. let the people do their job to help you through the deal and you then progress to the next thing that you need to do. So for... Any business owner, you should be working on income generating tasks. Like trying to refinance your site is not income generating. As much as it will bring cash back in, you've not got a pipeline for the next site. So you've got to be looking at the next thing. You've got to be sort of being the, uh, let's say, the conductor of that orchestra going forward. So you've got to be going through everything. Right. So I think the other angle to look at this, though, what we need to talk about is everybody's different everybody's got a different skill set everybody brings something new to the table in development so some people might come from you know working at a commercial estate agent so they're probably going to be good at the sourcing relationships find a deal somebody else might come from project management uh you know taylor wimpy or red roll or whatever so you know they're going to bring a whole different set of skills and and it's good to play on your skill set so you know the, the first one, if you've got no build experience, but you're good at, um, uh, at finding deals, then you probably want to build a, bring a build team in, probably work with them, bring the opportunities to them, de-risk it by them doing the development. You're not trying to control it yourself. Obviously, if you joint venture with someone and it's the right relationship, you know they've got skin in the game as well, rather than just contracting a build team. So they're playing on it that side. If you're a project manager working for a house builder and doing it for somebody else, then you can actually pay yourself through the build can't you don't go and be a saucer because you know you're trying to learn something new you're not very good at and you can't pay yourself to do that so all the people that have got project management experience are probably just sort of their ears pricked up there and so i can pay myself through a development like the a lender wants to see a development progressing and they want to see that someone's in charge and managing that and if you have 
the adequate skills of doing that. I say we've just taught someone at the weekend who's project managing for for Redro. Like they have the adequate skills of, of developing and project managing. So there's no reason why they can't pay themselves that project management fee that you'll pay anyway to someone else to manage your own deal. Yeah, and that was a, a bit of a mic drop for him. Yeah, you know, absolutely. As, as I spoke to him right at the end, he was like, I hadn't really thought of it like that. Yeah. You know, so Completely he can really get, he can get straight into developments himself. And he's got a lot of value he can add other people, people with maybe money or already a secured deal. So he's got value he can add in from day one. Yeah. So, and yeah. That's another power, uh, power team member as well as your investors. Like, people around you that have got money, they are part of your team. Like, they're investing in your deal. So treat them as a, as a a professional and a, a, a power team member as well. They are part of that deal. So. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Look, I think, you know, it was a bit of a whistle start. We've, we've done that at quite pace. So maybe instead of people, quite often on podcasts, people like two times it or, you know, 1.5 times it. That one, I think they should slow it down. Yeah. Because there's a lot of gold in that episode. So yeah, make sure you do it at least normal pace, maybe even a bit slower and make some notes because that, if you can nail that team, and you can make that repeatable, then you're going to be a developer, my friend. Awesome. And look, I'm going to set a challenge as well. Go for it. How about writing a list of everyone we said, every power team member, and going onto Google or wherever you're about, like in your local area, and try and find five of each of those people just to start your list of people to go to. Oh, I want to change it. I want to change it. Oh, go on then. Go on then. <laughs> right. So, first of all, write each one down and write a number between zero and say five or 10, whatever it's up to you, but wait, you know, how close you are to that team member. So if you've got the build team sussed and you are the build team, then let's do it up to five. So five being the, the most positive, zero being the least, you'd be a four or a five, I'm sure. But if you have no idea how to source a plot of land, then that's going to be down at maybe one or zero. So go down and really understand first in each of those areas what you're good at, what you're bad at, what you've got you know, your friend down the pub does this or whatever, then you can go out and really spend time finding. You've got to fill the holes at the end of the day, don't you? That's don't it. Find the ones you've got, find the ones you haven't got. That's it. So look, write the list next to it, put a zero if you haven't got them, five if you are the builder or if you're an architect. Or anywhere in the middle. Or anywhere in the middle if you think, I do know someone, yeah. Mm. So write that. If you haven't got them, then that's when you go to the, the next step and try and find five of that planning consultant or five architects in your area. Um, and then from there... Just start talking to them. Um, start that process of going through and just having a chat with them, saying, look, I'm going to start getting into developments. Is it something I can sort of approach you with if I find something? Like, don't be scared about just approaching people. So there you go. Bit of a challenge. You might want to slow it down to soft speed. And um, yeah, enjoy the podcast. Okay. I think that was a great episode. Um, something for you all to think about. Go and find out what team you've got around you, what holes you need to fill. And... Thanks for listening.